Today's uh, interview with an expert. I'm Richard James, and we're going to be covering why marketing fails. I'm with Travis Lee. He's from 3D Mail, and Travis and I have known each other for a very long time. Uh, and don't hold that against Travis. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that he, he knows an awful lot about marketing and the science and the math and the art uh, around this concept of direct mail. And Travis is going to be sharing with you some real insights today as to why marketing fails for a small law firm. So why do small law firms struggle with marketing that doesn't perform? Uh, I can tell you from personal experience, I can tell you um, just after talking with some members this week that their marketing stopped performing. And when we started going through the whys, um, we were able to check off a bunch of boxes that was like, oh, that's why that happened. Oh, that's why that happened. Oh, that's why that happened. And once we were able to identify why those things went wrong, we were able to help them make sure it never happens again. And so hopefully today you'll pick up a nugget or two and maybe some light bulb will go off and you'll go, oh, that's why that happened for me. And you may be able to make a carburetor adjustment in your firm and you'll be able to figure out, okay, how do I make sure this never happens again with my marketing? So uh, Travis, are you with me? I am. And uh, hopefully you can uh, see my screen, hear me and see me. We're all I good? I can. Yes, sir. Why don't you just to make sure we don't uh, leave any stone unturned. Mm -hmm. uh, I know we, this isn't your first rodeo around here, but why don't you make sure you tell everybody who you are and what it is that you folks do and, and a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So we are, uh, we are a, a direct mail and print company for all things that your law firm may need. So everything from, you know, front end lead gathering to lead conversion to shock and awe boxes to all the little printed doodads you might put in those things, right? So we are a, a full service direct mail company you can send out whatever you want. If it goes on paper and has ink and goes to the US Postal Service, we can do that for you. So that's what we specialize in. Um, for most of the attorneys on this call, we have a decent amount of uh, clients already on. I see some very familiar names. We're doing one of two things for the most part. Like I said, we're either doing that front end marketing. So we're using the mailbox to get leads, to get people to raise their hands, to get appointments for that initial consultation or the initial first step. And then for some of our clients, we're also working on that conversion portion of that relationship, right? So someone come, someone gets a free book, someone raises their hand otherwise, someone has an appointment but doesn't hire, someone has uh, doesn't show up for their hire, whatever it is, we help them along that way. What we like to say is, you know, people think of email as this turn it on, set it and forget it type of thing. Well, direct mail can work much the same way. And it's a whole, hard, a whole lot harder to uh, unsubscribe from a mailing list that's coming in you to the mailbox versus uh, your inbox in your Gmail, your Outlook, or wherever you may be working. So that's us in a nutshell. You'll see some of the client work that we've done. You'll see some of that as we go through. Um, personally, I live up here in Western Washington. I've got uh, my wife of 17 years, two kids, Carson and Whitney. Uh, and we, we are basically just done with ski season. So we got up to, I think, 28 days up on the mountain this year. So we just finished with that. There'll be some bleed over into April, but it's more or less done, right? Um, and other than that, we just, you know, I love hanging out with my family. We do a lot of stuff up here in the mountains. I'm less than an hour away from Mount Rainier National Park. So we're up in that, in those parts of the parts of the Northwest a lot. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anything else you need to know? Or are we good to go there? <laughs> no, that's great, man. Appreciate it. I, I I love that you get you get out there and get skiing. Um, 
I got a, a buddy of mine who's got uh, at what is it a thousand runs? Is that what it is? He he goes heli skiing, and so the minimum requirement yeah. for to him to go heli skiing with anybody is they have to have at least have a thousand runs in, um, <laughs> which is considerable. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know how many runs you can get in in a day. You know, maybe it's a dozen or whatever. Yeah, so I think that's safe. So you're probably looking at a probably 10 years of good skiing to get up to where he needs to be where to right. get to his yeah. requirements. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so, uh, but you know, he goes, when they drop you off in a helicopter and you know, it's you in the mountain, you want to make sure the guy that's with you knows what he's doing. So yeah, that's funny. We did that a couple of years ago. My dad, my sister and I went up to uh, Alaska and did that. And it's the skiing's fun, but if man, if you've ever been in a, in a helicopter, going six feet over the ridges of a mountain that'll get you going you don't even need to get out <laughs> yeah i can i can imagine that's kind of, <laughs> it's, it actually sounds like a lot of fun i don't know that i have a thousand runs in when i was a kid i did i don't i certainly don't have them now i, I went skiing not long ago and uh it was kind of like riding a bike i i just got on my skis and even though they were rentals and and uh went off the mountain i didn't go down any black diamonds but all the intermediate stuff i went on just felt like normal skiing and I didn't seem to, I didn't fall really at all. And, you know, kind of just enjoyed myself and loved the peace and quiet. So I, I, you never know, maybe we'll find ourselves doing it again. My wife doesn't like to ski. My kids don't love skiing. So <laughs> I'm on my own. They've, they've, uh, got, they've got that deep Phoenix cold blood in them now. So to get them up it. into the mountain. That's it. They're ruined for life. My, Michael chased his girlfriend to a ski slope once and, and decided to to snowboard with her to show off uh, and and ended up on the uh, paramedic stretcher on the way oh, down no. with a dislocated <laughs> shoulder. So that kind of ended for him, yeah. uh, his desire to go skiing. I'm like, well, there's your first problem. You chose snowboarding yep. rather than skiing. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get, on to, let's get on to what we really need to talk about here, which is these marketing mistakes. By the way, for, for those of you that are in the uh, meeting today, we've muted you so that we don't have crosstalk. Um, but if you could go ahead and let me know that you can hear us and that you're following along with us, whether you're enjoying my skiing stories or not, uh, can you go ahead and put it in the chat that you, you're, you're with me? Just say hello or good afternoon or good morning if you're on some different part of the world. Hey, there we go. Good. So I can see that it's coming through loud and clear. Appreciate you. So we'll use that chat for questions. So if you have questions, just go ahead and type it in there that you've got a question. Cherry will be watching that for us. Um, she'll spotlight uh, whoever we have to bring up. If we've got a question, we can talk to you. Or if you just got a question, you want to just have it asked anonymously, uh, we'll be sure to answer those questions for you. So you don't have to wait to ask questions. Just go ahead and put it right in the chat. Um, somewhere along the line, I, I may uh, you know, tap back into you folks and, and drag an answer out of you here or there. At, just so we can make sure you're staying awake. So, Travis, let me let you uh, drive the bus, and, okay. and I'll just ask questions as it makes sense. Perfect. So, Rich, hit it right off. We're going to talk about why advertising fails and then how to do it right. And let's see. There we go. So, if you've been around direct response marketing for any length of time, if you've been around Rich, if you've been around our shared mentor, Dan Kennedy, you may have seen this before, and it's called the triangle of marketing success or failure factors. And it's the right list. So this is your who. Who are you targeting? Now, let me back up real briefly for one second. I actually come at this from a direct mail bent. Anything we talk about here is applicable for any kind of marketing you do, online, offline, 
yellow pages, billboards, email, I don't care what it is. All three of these things need to be congruent with each other or else you're gonna have some failure. So the first thing is the right list. You've gotta have the right prospect. You've gotta have the right who. Who is it that you wanna target? Then you need to have the right offer. So that is the thing you dangle, and we're gonna have examples of all this stuff, but this is the thing that you dangle in front of that list to say, yay or nay. And again, we'll talk about more of this. It could be a consult consultation. It could be a free book. It could be a free webinar. It could be a, a paid thing even, right? But the offer is the next step there. And then the third step is the media that you use. So in my case, the media is direct mail. And then of course, in direct mail, we've got a thousand different subsections of media that we could use. If you use a lot of online, it's that. It could be your pay-per-click. It could be your Facebook. It doesn't matter. And while this might seem a little bit basic, and really it is, it's kind of, it's, these are the pillars of direct response marketing. If you don't have these three things, you certainly aren't going to have success with marketing. However, it is advanced in that I see a lot of good marketers who should know better try to screw with one of these things and they don't get the success that they are used to, that they need, that they want. Yeah. So, so um, as an example, we're a quick example. I'm sure it's going to become a newsletter article. Uh, so to, for, for, to plus one on what Travis just said, I, you hear me refer to this as message media market match, right? So that's a Dan Kennedyism. message media market match. The market being the list, the message being the offer and the media being the media. And, and so um, uh, two days ago, I am, uh, I'm in my, I'm coming into the house. We just had a bunch of work done in, in the kitchen and the backyard. And, and so the whole side yard is all ripped up because they ran the little bobcat through there. And my neighbor's like, are you going to get that fixed anytime soon? I'm like, yes, sir. I'm working on it right now. Anyway, I was getting a bid from another uh, contractor that my contractor recommended. And I don't know, my, my spidey sense is going off that I had a trust meter issue. And so, um, so I was thinking about who else I can get to get a quote from. And I had tried my maintenance guy and he, he didn't get me a quote. And so I'm like, all right, and I just have to walk in and in my mailbox, not my mailbox, but like where the newspaper is. So they didn't break any federal laws, but where my newspaper was, I could see there was an insert in there. And I took out the insert and there was a landscaper. Now, interesting thing is we get those things like a lot. I just don't save them. And so this time I opened it up and, um, like I, I liked his message to a certain extent, except his offer, his offer was go check out our testimonials or our client stories and you'll love, you know, uh, you'll, you'll know right away that we're the right company for you. <laughs> no website, no URL. And his email was a Gmail account. He gave me nowhere to go. He didn't, he didn't like, he didn't put the testimonials on the backside. And so, like, I wanted to give him a chance. So I'm like, well, let's see what his response is. And so I took, a, I took a picture of it. And I didn't know if it was a cell phone or not, but I texted the phone number that was on there. I said, hey, you want me to read your testimonials, but you didn't tell me where to go. And he came back originally pretty quickly, actually, with a response that I didn't love. Um, he said, well, you just go to the local neighborhood app. And I go, well, I don't have the local neighborhood app. He's like, oh. And, and so then he called me, smart, and, and uh, we picked up the phone and we talked. Anyway, ended up being a young kid, 
And we ended up, and he just started his business a year and a half ago. And I'm super excited to see if he can come in at the right price uh, and not too cheap and not too expensive, the right price, because I'd love to give him the work. But there was a case where the only reason why he got business from me was because I'm a marketer <laughs> and I really, really, really needed another quote. Yeah. That, that piece would have fall. It probably has failed in most other instances because most of the people aren't texting him that he got his message wrong. And now he's just hoping he lands in front of somebody at the exact right moment that they were ready for another quote, right? So media, the, the message, that offer is so important. So I know you said it's basic, but I watch, I see small law firms get this wrong all the time. They have the wrong offer with the wrong media with the wrong list. I, did, I was just in Forbes, was it Forbes magazine? Yeah, Forbes magazine. I just took another picture of another law firm ad that was just horrible. I, I, I mean, I, I don't even know if he's got the right market. I'm not sure if he's using the right media, but his, yep. his offer was terrible. So I know I'm derailing you a little bit, Travis, but I, I, I agree that it's basic, but man, this stuff has teeth. It is amazing how many times people forget now, he's probably not trained in our kind of marketing, right? Mm -mm. So we'll forgive him for not knowing this triangle thing to a certain degree. Right. But how easily people forget things like phone numbers, things like right. websites, things like a specific call to action with good instruction so that people know what to do. And, you know, you, 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 you really hit it on the head here with that story is if something's not working, it's because one of those three things are incompatible with another. So just like a stool, if you got a three-legged stool, if one's longer than the other two, good luck. Same idea here. Mm -hmm. And so when you do get this right, you don't have to rely on with your landscaper who showed up at the exact right time with a good enough message. We can't run our marketing businesses on hope of showing up at the right time, right? Well, and, and so and, here's the thing, like, like in direct mail in your world, yeah, you're oftentimes direct mailing either a, a list of people we bought that got in trouble or needs a lawyer for some reason, right? Yeah. They're, 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 we know that they are going to need legal representation likely, or at least we know that's going to be one of their options. Or you're, you're mailing somebody who already raised their hand that was interested mm -hmm. and, and they were now trying to convert them over to the next stage, which is schedule an appointment. And so here's the problem with this. Those lists are, are oftentimes very, very right. And so what I struggle with is, and you could attest to this or not, Travis, but I find that oftentimes lawyers actually get better than average response rates than the rest of the world simply because of the nature of their list. And what I find is that spoils them into thinking that they can be a little bit lazy in their copy and get their message wrong. And so get, when you've nailed your list and you've nailed your media, and if you buy a list or you're using your unconverted converted lead list and you've nailed your media in direct mail, if you, can if you would just do a good job with your message, the rate of response would skyrocket. Do you agree with that? Well, and so, I mean, you've dovetailed right into this perfectly. Oh, cool. It all comes back to the list, right? So I said it's a triangle and one stool, can, you know, the three-legged stool, one leg can't be longer than the other. The list is really where it all starts. Mm -hmm. The list gives you the most latitude with the other two. Yeah, so we work with a lot of bankruptcy attorneys. Uh, 
You get a list of people who are in foreclosure. You get a list of people who are being sued and have civil suits brought against them. They need a solution that you offer sooner rather than later. Now, whether they choose you, whether they choose your solution, you know, there's 25, 50, 100 things they could do, but they need to do one of them for the most part, right? So that you are exactly right. That gives you the, by choosing the right list, you just need good copy and good, and good offers and good media. If you've got an okay list, those other two things need to be exceedingly good, right? And so it, it really comes down to that list. And I like to tell people list is anywhere from 40 to 50% of the battle. So if we've got our three-sided our three -sided triangle, if that's 40 to 50, the other two can only be 30 or 25 or 30% each. So yeah, they are, they are all important, but that list to your point is by far the most important part of all this. And in fact- Yeah, and, well, and so, but my, my point to you, Travis, in this is like, Anywhere a small law firm goes. Um, so if they go to Google, they're dealing with search. So yes. somebody's searching for the need, but they're self-proclaimed the right person if they're finding your keywords based on their search. Uh, in Facebook, same fundamental principle. You're putting an ad out there that's addressing, calling very clearly a call to action about divorce or custody or uh, bankruptcy or criminal cases or what have you. Uh, you're going into a, a group of people on social media that have already identified that they might be your potential target market motorcycle enthusiasts and you're a PI firm that specializes in motorcycle accidents. Um, my point is just about anywhere attorneys are, with the exception of mass media like TV, radio, and billboard, the list is predominantly already determined for them and they're they're swimming in the right place which is why i need them to get this media right even though it doesn't weigh as heavily i completely agree with you if we didn't have the right list none of this other stuff would matter but i got to get them to get this media and the market or pardon me the message yep. right and and we'll talk more about that as we go through this. So sorry to interrupt. No, for that, and that's a great point. You're exactly right. And so uh, Bob Stone, who literally wrote the book on direct marketing, said maximizing your direct mail success. Now again, take out direct mail and put any other media you want there. Right? Correct. Depends on the list that you use, the offers you make, and the copy and the creatives that you use. So that's kind of this hierarchy of how it goes. It, yes, it's a triangle, but until we have that list. We don't know what to say, what to do, how to say it. We don't know any of that stuff. So anything that we put out there is 100% dependent on this list. So mm -hmm. if you got a list to, to make it overly simplistic, if you got a list of a whole bunch of mothers at home that are stay-at-home moms, that's a completely different offer than a list of dads who work and own their own businesses. And I don't care what it is that you're offering. It could anything. You're going to talk to that person differently. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, so let's get into your two kinds of lists. Yeah, so we, we've got two kinds of lists that we can use. The first one is your in-house list, right? So these are your suspects, your prospects, your leads, your unconverted leads, your old customers. This is your in-house list. You can do whatever you want with it for the most part, right? And then we've got rented or purchased lists. So we're going to get into what these the differences between the two to a certain degree. And I don't care if you're, you know, I know most of your, uh, most of your members, Rich, 
are on the consumer side of things. I've worked with a handful of them that are on the B2B side of things. So they do intellectual property or contract law or, or employment stuff. Doesn't matter, B2B, B2C. Those are the two silos that you can start with. So to be slightly overly simplistic, let's start with our in-house list. We're not gonna spend a bunch of time with this because frankly, everyone wants to go out and get new customers and I can totally appreciate that. So we'll spend most of our list time talking about that. But if you boil down your list, you've got your active clients or customers, you've got your unconverted leads or your not yets, and then you've got your inactive clients. So people who have bought, done business, told you no, wherever they fall on that spectrum. And this is kind of the bare minimum. Obviously, with a business, with a business like yours, Rich, we could go into practice type, we could go into size, whether it be employee size or sales side or number of attorneys. Um, it, it, but this is kind of the basics. If you can at least chop and slice and dice your list, so you're speaking to these three constituents differently, then you're on the right track. Are there I times agree. when you can speak to all three of them at the same time? Absolutely. But for the most part, if you can slice them and dice them into these three areas, you're going to do okay. And the biggest thing I've noticed, and this is all we're going to talk about your in-house list, is most people simply do not speak to these people enough. Now, that may not be quite as bad in this group, Rich, because I know you hammer them for referrals and continuing business and to stay in touch with them. All that lifelong stuff that we've been taught over the, you know, longevity of a single customer or single client. But most customers, or excuse me, most business owners, they just don't make enough offer to these folks. They just don't communicate with them enough. They, they underestimate their willingness and ability to give you money, send you money, give you referrals. And it's usually because you just don't ask or prompt them enough. So if you take anything away from this section, go send out an email to your list. If you can slice them and dice them into these three ways and make an offer to them somehow, right? That's the big Yeah, so, so, the, so the good news is, um, Travis, I'm glad that you didn't go real deep on that. In, in, in part because, um, in part because I, I think that it's a bigger topic. And secondly, because it's actually uh, a big part of the theme that uh, Tom Rich and I are going to spend on in Partners Club in the afternoon on on uh, Friday. So on Friday afternoon, after we've uh, the EAY presentations have happened, uh, where I would normally do a breakout uh, session that is like small group masterminds, uh, Tom and I are going to do a large workshop, and we're going to focus on the your your house lists, and we're going to be focusing most importantly on actually how to go craft copy and ways to build out a campaign so that you can start communicating with them more often and all of the reasons why we need to do that. So we're gonna, we're gonna, have to, we're gonna actually walk out of Partners Club um, with a usable structure for yourself. We're, we're creating a, as many templates for you as we can. So hope you're excited about that. I don't know if you're coming to Partners Club, if you're here with us, go ahead and let me know that you're excited about learning. So give, me a, give me a yes or a heck yes. Let me know you're alive and with me. You're excited about what you're going to learn in Partners Club going deep there. That, that, that's a topic we are, uh, we are, Tom and I are really excited about doing. So um, I, I'm, ex I'm looking forward to hearing your answer on rented lists here, Travis. So let's go through that. Yeah. So in the world of purchase or rented lists, we have two different kinds. 
we have response-based lists, and we have compiled lists. So we'll kind of go over what each of those mean here right now. So a response-based list, and I've got a great example for you guys here in just a second, but a response-based list is made up of responders and buyers in some specific category. And that may sound a little ambiguous. I'll show you an example here in a second. But they generally, these lists are, well, let's here. Let's just go here. We'll just show you one. I work, as I told you, your group has a lot of bankruptcy attorneys. We thus serve a lot of bankruptcy attorneys. Could you, would it be beneficial to go and get a list of credit repair responders? So those people have said, I'm interested in, in improving my credit score. Well, is that better than just the average Joe off the street? Absolutely. Mm. Right. And so this is what we call a response based list. And you can actually read it in the title right there. The credit repair, credit repair responders files contains highly responsive consumer data for online, offline and multi-channel marketing. The file consists of consumers looking for information and resource on debt consolidation, settlement management. Well, there's like 50 of these different kinds of, of response based lists. So yes, we could get a list of everybody that makes X amount of dollars within X, Y amount of miles of my law firm. And we're back now to your landscape example. For the most part, if this person just got hit with a big bill and now they're in trouble, we've shown up at the right time. But we can't do that every single time. We'd go broke for the most part, right? Now, there are some businesses that can do that, maybe even some law firms that can do that. I prefer these much more targeted, you know, sniper rifle type of lists than a shotgun approach. So right. this is an example of a response-based list. And then if you look down here, we can even take it a step farther. We can now get all different kinds of things that we know about them. Do they own their home? Do they have any children? Well, now let's say we get one where they own their home, they have children, and they're married. Well, now that message we talk about the kids, we talk about the home, not wanting to uproot the kids from the home, how, you know, that's a much more targeted message than to say, if we didn't get those things, and now we've got to try to hit all those emotional hot buttons, and we never will. We just won't, we can't hit all the emotional hot buttons for a large list of whomever, even within this now response-based list. Yeah, so this goes a step further for me. So, so I completely agree with everything that Travis just said. So what I would tell you is um, when, you're, when you're, I've always said that when you craft your list, Marketing 101, and you're figuring out who your market is, whether you're trying to target your pay-per-click or your Facebook or your LinkedIn or whatever social media whether you're trying to um, build out your website, what, what, when you're de deciding what kind of stock photos to use or not use, when you're deciding what testimonial images to use or not use, when you're writing your copy, when you're trying to figure out what TV stations to run ads on or streaming stations to run ads on or radio stations to run ads on. What all of this depends, so all of those things, by the way, were media, right? Yep. So, so all of those were media. So determining where you advertise on them with what message highly depends on the market. Now, it's easy to say if you're a bankruptcy attorney, well, I want to talk to anybody that, that is struggling with debt. Okay, fine. But to Travis's point, we could drill down farther. Well, it would make it a lot easier to drill down farther if you as the small business owner could clearly articulate that 
your target avatar is a single mom with two kids under the age of 10, drives a Chrysler uh, uh, minivan and has two jobs to try to keep everything together, is house, is, is house poor and is behind, you know, has at least $10,000 in credit card debt, whatever. Like, I just like nailed it. And you might have, there could be ethnicity in there or nationality in there. There, there could be something like that in there as well. If you serve a certain market, um, there may not be. It does, I'm not judging it one way or the other, but as close as you can get, to what your client avatar looks like, you can actually start to purchase lists that get you closer. Well, when you purchase lists or you go out and you target for search for those lists on social media, on Google pay-per-click, or you try to run your ads on TV, radio, or billboards in the neighborhoods or the places where those people tend to spend the most time, now we can craft a message that speaks directly to them. So if your target audience is sing is men without kids and you start talking about family and kids, you won't reach your target audience. Conversely, if your target audience is soccer moms with two kids, you and you start talking about ma more masculine like things like sports and cars, not to draw that line and say that women aren't interested in sports and cars, but you get my point. And you're going to liable to lose your target audience. And so you need to make sure that you're writing copy in accordance with your audience, your market. And how do you do that? Well, you use list brokers to start, go out there and figure out how you can start to continue to limit, continue to cut. People tell me all the time, well, my direct mail stopped working. And I, what I want to say is, well, did we, did we cut that? Did we go any deeper? Did we segment that list that we purchased any deeper? Did we rewrite the copy to speak more precisely to that list? And I'll tell you, Travis, this is where, and you hear me saying this over and over again in this presentation, and it's because this is where they stop. We have amazing members, as you well know, but mm -hmm. this is where the majority of them really get stuck. So they get stuck in the creation of copy. They get stuck in the knowing how to segment the rent, the, a list that's not their house, even their house list, they get struggle with that a little bit, but they really, really struggle in this area of getting that message to match that. So I love that you're bringing this up. I know I've side railed you again, but I'll let you keep going. No, that's great. I mean, I figured this would be way more of a conversation than a lecture. So you and I could riff on this for a couple hours, let alone the, the, the hour that we have today. So It's a really important topic. It is. Well, and that's what makes, in my completely biased opinion, but that's what makes direct mail work so well is because you can drill down. So TV, radio, they call it broadcast for a reason. Podcast, because they... They cast out broadly to a large audience. Now they can tell you 70% of the audience is this, 50% is that, 80% is this. Well, if we use direct mail, we can go get like 98% of that, right? So to, so you know, to your point, I just, you know, like I said, I'm going to share with you a, a resource here in just a second, but here's that step deeper. Here's This is actually a different screen now. This is Hispanic credit repair service seekers. Oh. So now we can go even deep. And if you notice, I'll go back real quick. I'm looking at this total universe number right here, right? Right. So before there was 6 million. Right. Now we're down to 547,000. Right. 
So now, okay, now, so you can go deeper with all this stuff and you'll notice we can still know if they have homeowners, if they have children, if they, are they married or what's their occupation? So now with the previous list, you might have to have images of different kinds of couples. Now, if you get a married list of Hispanics, you get a Hispanic couple with a picture and that hits them between the eyes even more. And so, you know, again, they call it broadcast for a reason. Those of you on the call who have done a decent amount of like pay-per-click advertising, and I don't really care what platform it's on, Facebook, Google, whatever it is, they've taken the direct response stuff that we use for direct mail for the hundred years direct mail was around before social media platforms were and put it on the webs and put it on their platforms. That's all they've done. And so now when you tell them I'm married, I've got kids, I speak Spanish. Now they build that avatar of you and they serve. So, you know, these two things are almost, you know, mirror images of each other. When you think of online versus this direct mail stuff, because they're they, all they've done is taken the direct mail stuff world and stuck it online. <laughs> right. And you, so you can, you know, for practical advice, you can buy these lists or rent these lists. Absolutely. And then you can, if I'm not mistaken, like Facebook can recognize most of you can help build a custom audience based yep. around these lists. Right. Yep. So, so, so these lists not only will help you with direct mail, but you can take them and you can start building custom audiences in social media so that you can make sure your ad is shown to them as well. It helps support direct mail. Listen, I'm media agnostic, right? Uh, I, 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 I love direct mail. I think every firm needs to be using it. There are limits to it, you know, depending on the number of people that we, they're on the list we can buy, but, but it works pretty much all the time. Um, I'm not saying that online marketing doesn't work. I would never say that because I know that it does. And in many cases, it can outperform other forms of marketing. I believe in television and radio marketing as well, done correctly with the right strategy, with the right practice area. Um, I'm not against that. We measure everything based on a return on investment. But speaking of direct mail, I think if you learn to write good quality or have good quality copy written for you for direct mail, that all translates over to all of your other media. So what works in one will likely work in the other. And it's easier to, you have more flexibility and less limitations with direct mail to get your messaging right as compared to TV, radio, even pay-per-click or landing pages and the such. And so I, I just, and, and what I like about it, and again, this isn't separating direct mail. It's the reason why you should use it in addition to everything else is that you're marketing in a vacuum, right? There, there, is, a, there is a cesspool out there on social media where every one of your competitors thinks their answer is to now create a TikTok video. Every one of your competitors thinks their answer is to go into uh, Facebook groups and answer questions. Every one of your competitors, you know, are, are out there making more YouTube videos and posting more blog content. And, and I'm not suggesting that that stuff is bad. That's not me saying it's bad. I'm just saying that you're competing against everybody else. And when you, when you work in direct mail, you compete against a much smaller medium of people and you can beat them more easily. Yep. I mean, our, our Dan Kennedy, our mentor calls it a circumventing search. 
You know, right. so as soon as they go to Google, you're against the whims of where Google puts you. You're against the whims of how much your competition is. And this is just one example of how much your competitors are willing to spend for the click versus what you are. You're competing against the cute cat video that they got distracted by once they get off of your site, right? So, yep. you know, uh, here's a resource for you guys. Where I got this last screenshot from is just right from this website, lists.nextmark.com. It's a search engine of mailing lists. Now, in some cases, they won't sell to you directly. You'd have to go through a, a reseller like me. In most cases, though, they'll have the list owner there. They'll have a contact page you can, you can reach them at. And then they can tell you wh whether or not they'll sell to you directly or not. So, but, but it'll give you an idea. So I just went in and I, 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 I typed in credit, credit repair. And I think I got 22 results. And so depending on your practice area, if you're in family, if you're in estate planning, my guess is there is a list of people who have opted in that they need to revise or update their will for lack of a better way, you know, for lack of or, a better or, example. You know, in estate planning, you know, it's not as clear as people who have up, want to update their will, but we all know that the people who want to update their will typically think about this stuff at major life events, yep. right? Yep. That from from retirement to marriage to yep. divorce to birth of kids to buying of home to buying of expensive car to you know whatever. So all of these things that happen, death, all these things that happen are typically lists you can buy. Yep. And, and then you can further segment that demographic demographically or geographically. Yep. Um, and so you can start to say, you know. Hey, this area of town, this this zip code of town is a uh, is a zip code that is wealthy, and they we know what they they pay their by the homes and the size of the homes they have money, and so they've got more to protect. And so I just want to uh, buy a new mover list into this area of town. I just want to buy a list of everybody who died in this area of town. Yeah. I just want to buy a list of everybody who was born in this area of town. Everybody got divorced in this area of town. And you can literally buy that list, right, Travis? You're hundred percent right. So now we're kind of blending over into these compiled lists, right? So whereas before we had these responder lists, the credit repair people, they went and searched for it. They raised their hand, they bought a book, they've done something to get on that list of a responder. So now we're kind of creeping over with your example into what we call compiled lists. These are what most people think of when they think of a compiled list, right? So they want married couples who are recent empty nesters with assets of $500,000 or more, right? Something like that. But to your point, there are almost always those life things that happen where the person is more apt to be receptive to, listen to, and want our, our message. And so to your point, yeah, we can get a list of wealthy people in a zip code, but we can then say, give me the ones who just moved in. Give me the ones who just had a kid. Give me the ones who just had a kid move out. Give me the whatever we can do. We can even get recent grandparents, right? Because they just, you know, they, you know, Rich Jr. had a kid. Well, that means Rich Sr. just had a great a grandkid, right? So now we can, we can work it that way. And now you can show up with a message and the timing we're again back to Rich's example. We're not left to the whim of the landscaper just showing up. We can make a compelling argument based on the timing of what just happened. Yeah. And estate planning is one of those that, unlike a lot of other areas of law, 
for even personal injury to bankruptcy and everything in between, uh, oftentimes have a trigger point that you can purchase a list or have a list scraped for you and you can direct mail those people. Uh, estate planning is one of those things that it you really need to work with compiled lists more than anything else. Yep. And, and when you're working with compiled lists, now you have to think about, well, what does my offer need to be? And because they're not as, their, their need factor isn't as high, um, now we have to make sure we make an offer that's easy for them to say yes, an easy yep. yes. Yep. And so that's, that's oftentimes something free. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I've got examples here in just a second cool. of, of exactly that. So nice. um, then you also have within compiled lists, you can compile your own lists. Mm. So we offer this service. There's other services out there. We can go now and scrape data of everyone in foreclosure, of everyone who has the respondent of a divorce uh, 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 filing, the uh, defendant in a civil suit who's being sued, right? And so now you can actually, based on data that most cities and counties put right up on their own websites, compile your own list. So we do that as well. I know there's services within this group that do that. You know, so for, we have a client down in Florida, we, we scrape a couple different websites for their counties. We get the list of people who have been, uh, been uh, sued in civil court. And then, so we get that list, we mail it for them. And then to your point, just a few minutes ago, the smart ones now are taking that same list and creating a custom audience and then using a different and using Facebook or Google or whatever they're using. And so now a direct mail letter hits and then they see they're adding their Facebook script. And now you have that omnipresence of, you know, being there at the right time, like our landscaper, but with the right message, because we know you got this problem, right? And so you can compile your own list, right? Um, you know, for Rich, it could be, you know, working with another association who has, who works with attorneys, you know, the national associations of what's it attorneys doesn't matter. And now you compile your list based on that membership. So yeah, I can, I can tell you how we have to compile our list, by the yeah. way, <laughs> literally we have to go to Google and Google bankruptcy attorney in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And then we have to go and look at every one of them individually to see if they fit our profile. Yep. So our list compiling work is, very, very challenging. Yep. Um, but guess what? We do it mm -hmm. because there's nowhere else. I've tried everywhere else to buy the list and every list I've bought doesn't work. So I've got to go build my own list. And so how do I go build my own list? I just got to go use the tools that are available to us. And so, yep. um, I, but the, it's important enough that you have to have the work done. Uh, right now, my team is probably griping off of the side somewhere going, yeah, he does it. All right. That we do it. Right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Didn't mean to know. And, and so the question always then becomes compiled versus responder based list. Which ones do you use? And we kind of covered that already. There's some industries that a responder list doesn't exist or is next to impossible to get as a general, big general rule of thumb. Those responder lists are generally more expensive and generally require a higher minimum number of names purchased, right? A compiled list, generally speaking, less expensive, generally speaking, much less minimum number to get. Uh, yeah, you know, that names. scares people away, you know? So that's another thing. So people go, oh, well, their minimum requirement is X. And I said, 
okay, and how many do you want to mail? Well, I there's only 10,000 in Gilbert. And so I only want 10,000, but you got to buy a million names or whatever. Or let's say you got to buy 100,000 names. Okay, so how much is it a name right now? Uh, well, it's uh, seven cents a name. Okay, so if we have to buy all 100,000, it's going to be 70 cents a name, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So now that piece that we sent, rather than costing a dollar thirty to send or a dollar fifty to send, is going to cost two dollars to send. So now every thousand pieces you're going to send is going to cost you two thousand dollars rather than fifteen hundred dollars. But we're looking for a XYZ. We're going to increase our XYZ conversion from one and a half percent to possibly 2%, maybe 3%. And you just, it's, all, folks, I guess my point is, all this is, is arithmetic. Yep. A lot of people get hung up in, well, I can't buy that list because they want me to buy so many. And now my cost per name goes up. So what? It's just arithmetic. Let's, could, could we, you literally could spend more for the name and you could generate a higher return because you got the right list at such a rate that it makes spending that extra money per that name meaningless. Do you, do you agree with that strategy, Travis? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You are exactly right. A couple thoughts on that. First off, don't be scared by Rich's numbers. Most of the numbers are between 2,500 and 5,000. So don't think you've got to ma mail nice. 100,000, right? Nice. So, so, I mean, we're typically talking thousands, not hundreds of thousands, right? right. So I, I saw a couple of eyes get real wide there. It's like, oh, no, no, it's not, not quite. But, but your, point was, your point is well taken. Um, and there's also no rule that says you have to mail all of them and you have to mail all of them at once. You know, so when you work with a list broker, they'll say, well, what are your mailing dates? Okay, well, I'm going to mail on... I'd like to mail, we're getting a list of 3,000. I want to mail 3,000 every month for three months. And they'll typically say, perfect, no problem. Good to go, right? They just want to Which make sure- Which means you only pay for the names when you use them each month. Depending on their minimums, yes. So if they had a 3,000 person minimum, you're going to buy 3,000 up front. You'll use your 1,000 per month to get through it, right? Correct. So they're, again, we're, we don't want to get too far in the weeds with that. But that's, I mean, you're exactly right. I would much rather spend a little more per name, even a lot more per name, and get the names that I want versus a whole bunch of fluff that I don't need. You know, so again, generally, though, they are more expensive on a per name basis and they have higher minimums. But, you know, even for most of us, they're not prohibitively large. They're not 50,000, 100,000. That list I showed you before, I think the minimum was either twenty five hundred or three thousand for those credit repair folks. So, which is it is nothing comparatively yes. speaking to what we're trying to accomplish here. So, one hundred percent correct. Yeah, perfect. All right, let's keep going. So, let's talk about offers. We we spent a lot of time on lists, and here's the bottom line: your vanilla, your ordinary, your uninteresting offer are just not going to work today for most consumers. It is getting admittedly harder to get people to take action over any kind of media that you use. COVID put things, you know, we COVID hurt with some things in that regard. Um, but I love this picture because when I create an offer, I envisions in my head that this guy, it's Saturday afternoon, they just got hit with 14 inches of snow and my direct mail piece shows up that afternoon 
And I've got to get that big slob off the couch with his favorite team playing to trek out into 14 inches of snow to get him to say yes to whatever I'm thinking. So when you take it, is it that necessary for everything? Maybe, maybe not. But if you think that way in terms of your offer, now you're not going to wimp out. You're not going to, you're not going to do things that are just okay. You're going to do things that are going to actually move the needle. And so, by the way, I've been to New York City in one of those uh, snowstorms. Like, <laughs> yeah, I bet. And no, and nothing moves. I'm guessing. Yeah, no. <laughs> right. I mean, it's fun. The whole place goes quiet. Yeah, exactly right. And so we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about the list. But really, when you make an offer, and this again, whether you're a law firm or not, you really got two options when you're making an offer: one step marketing, which is our landscaper. Hi, here I am. Buy my stuff. There are times when that's appropriate. We're going to talk about that. And then there's lead generation marketing. Hi, here I am. I'm not sure if you're the right person. You're not sure if I'm the right person, but why don't we get, offer you something to find out, right? And now there's a thousand different ways to skin both of these cats. But in one-step marketing, the only job of the ad is to sell your product or service. It's an immediate, quote unquote, buy now reaction. Now, whether they're actually putting money into an envelope and mailing it to you is inconsequential. It's coming to make a purchase. It's coming for an appointment. It's, it's pick up the phone to call, consult. They are doing something that requires an investment of time, an investment of money. And it's not a, well, you'll see when we get to lead generation. Um, so that's, and it only works by and large to our landscape example is if they want it now. If that landscape thing had shown up two weeks beforehand, you probably discard it and don't even think twice of it. If it shows up two weeks from now, you might discard it, not even think about it. They had timing on their side. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I there's probably, you know, one a week in there, right? And, and, uh, and I throw them all away. That one arrived at the moment that I was ready to make a decision. Um, so he got lucky. Yep, yep. And so don't think this is a beat up on one-step marketing because it's not, because it has no. its time and its place. So I'm going to give it to you here in, exact, in, in, the mo in just a moment. But you've got to be there at the right exact time and right moment. There's no way to continually to stay in front of your prospect, right? So you just can't, if they don't pick up the phone, you're not going to be in front of them in a way that makes sense. Now you can continue to send mail to them or continue to advertise to them, um, but you're, they're not raising their hand. By and large, your time and the length of your message is limited. My screen's flickering there a little bit. Make sure I got my camera stuck plugged in. There we go. Uh, your time or your length of your message is often limited. Really, almost all institutional marketing is one-step marketing, or even worse, it's just brand marketing. So it's always the best time to buy a. Uh, it's always the best time to buy a truck. Right. Never in the history of the world has it not been truck month. Right. So, <laughs> so there's always, you know, so that's the kind of stuff you're up against. But there's time when this is appropriate for an attorney. So, here's an example we do. I mentioned my attorney in Florida. This is Robert Geller. We do a ton of uh, 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 direct mail advertising for them. We get a list. We get three different lists. We get a list of foreclosures. We get a list of people who have been sued in, in, uh, in the county court. And we get a list of people who are the respondents to a dissolution of marriage. Robert recently added um, family law to his practice. So now we get those lists. Now this is the perfect time for that one-step sale. And in this case, we're asking for, a, I think it's a 3.30 or 45-minute consultation, which I think is pretty much par for the course for most bankruptcy attorneys. This is when it's appropriate for that one-step action. 
they've got the problem that we have. They've got a timeline in which they need to respond to this problem. And we are showing up at that right time because we know they got the problem, right? And so that's an example of when a one step may be appropriate for you. So here's the rest of that letter there. With lead generation, we want to grab the attention of the prospect. And that includes those who are mildly interested and those who are ready to buy. And they raise their hand and give us permission to sell. My guess is 99.9% .9 of the people who enter your world, Rich, have come in through some kind of lead generation offer, whether they got a book from you, whether they came to a webinar that you were doing co-hosting with another group, whether they Google searched you and got a free web class on your website. I don't care what it is. Most of them probably came in through this way. It's how I run my business for the most part is through lead generation marketing. Yeah. And then we're able to put them into a follow-up funnel and campaign. Yeah. So like, just think for an example and yeah, Travis, your camera is flickering for some Yeah. Reason. Let me give me one sec. Cool. You can keep talking. I'm going to unplug and. Yeah. So just, just think about something for a second, folks. Like imagine that landscaper, right? Not that landscaper. So imagine I've been here for a year. And I get one of those cards in my mailbox, you know, in the, in the um, uh, newspaper slot for the mailbox uh, once a week. Um, now, imagine one of them was a good marketer. And they, they, they want, like, they know that I have landscaping. They know that I have a large property. They know that I'm not going to do it myself. They know it's very possible that my landscaper is liable to screw up at some point. And if they're driving around, they could see that I had work done and I'm going to need repair done. And so it's possible I'm going to be looking for somebody to help me with the repair. Well, imagine if one of them was actually a good marketer and decided rather than what, do the same thing they all did, which is call and get $100 off your first month service or call for a free consultation or you know, we, whatever their argument is, it's a lousy argument, but it's always a buying argument, a one-stop, uh, first-stop marketing concept where we, they want me to take action right then and there. And I wasn't ready to take action. But now imagine they sent me a really nice, well-done, oversized postcard. And on that postcard, they advertised a book with the top 100 prettiest landscaping in Charlotte, whatever. Maybe they did an award together. Maybe they went out and photographed. Maybe they worked with a photographing company to put it together and they co-branded it. I don't know. I don't care. It might actually be something that I'd be interested in. And what if they made it super simple and they put a little QR code on there and I could just hover my phone over because COVID did give us one good thing. People know what QR codes now are now. <laughs> and, I, and I actually go and I click on it and I go to a landing page that has a cool little um, video from them. So I know they're an English speaking landscaper and that they can communicate with me well and that they're gonna send me out this free thing and I'm gonna just put my address in there and they're gonna mail it to me. And now I'm on their list and they could send me a newsletter or they can send me a uh, an email or they can send me another direct mail piece because they know I've opted in. And so now you fast forward three months, six months, whatever. Now all of a sudden I need that new landscaper. I've been hearing from this company for six to nine months. I would have called that company. They would have been my first call. The only reason why I went to the guy out there is because I don't know anybody other than the guy who takes care of my lawn. And, and, and he, I asked him for a quote and he didn't give it to me. So, you know, when, when we did this in, in, when we built the bankruptcy firm in Phoenix, 
And, you know, I get a lot of people push back on this concept. And I don't know, I think they're wrong because uh, I have way too, too much evidence. But, you know, I used when, when I wasn't using direct mail, direct mail, I tested it both ways. I did the direct call to action, especially if there was a limited time to act. But I also did the lead generation in direct mail as well. And then I did the lead generation whenever I use mass media, so TV or radio specifically. And, and when I did that lead generation, we would get people calling up for a copy of the book because we did an interview style uh, where we gave away a copy of the book and the attorney wrote the book and we were having a limited supply and it was a two minute video. And my gosh, we would get, you know, the first time we ever did it, we got 80, 80 leads in a single ad. You know, now every time thereafter, I usually average about 30 to 35 leads per ad. And and I gave away 25,000 copies of that book in Phoenix when I built that business. And, and, and yes, our conversion on the lead magnet was theoretically lower lead to client count than was the conversion from, you know, call to action to client count. However, because the numbers of leads were so much higher by a multiple of 10, I, what was happening was is I didn't have to have as high of a conversion through the PCLC. In other words, my set rate was oftentimes lower because most of my leads that were coming in were for free books. Rather than setting at a 70 or 75% set rate that I would normally set at, I would only set at a 30% set rate or a 20% set rate. But those numbers worked because I was getting 10 times the, at, the lead count. And so when, what Travis is talking about here is generating leads so that we can get a net net better result through the PCLC that we talk about the perfect client life cycle but it also means that when we're generating leads we're building a bigger list and that list that didn't convert now becomes part of your house list yep. and so now when you make the house list bigger you have more people to market to through your house list marketing that Travis started this conversation so why most marketing fails? Most marketing fails because they fail to recognize the importance of acquiring or building the right list. Correct. Next, they fail because they choose the wrong media. And that's a smaller percentage. But next, they fail because they use the wrong content, call to action, copywriting message is what we're calling it. Mm -hmm. They use the wrong message to attract that list. Is that a good, decent summary for this? Yeah, it's 100% correct. And in fact, you know, when we look at this for advert uh, for attorneys, we look at really there's those two options, the direct to consult or the lead gen. The consult we find is best for those more immediate type of folks, like you had, like you had said. And if I was going to do broadcast, just like you mentioned, TV, radio, I'm almost always going to do lead gen because I don't know who I'm talking to. Whereas if I do a direct mail piece, the guy has credit problems. That may not be a great example. Credit problems, I'm still probably doing a lead gen piece, not a consult. Um, but if they, they just got divorced, or they, excuse me, they just had a, their spouse just filed for divorce. They just had a, a lawsuit filed against them. There's that shorter time that they need a response to. So that's my general rule of thumb. However, testing it is the best answer, right? Let's take that same list of divorcees and let's get our, our uh, people who filed for divorce and let's give them a lead gen piece and see if we can make that work as well. So 
as always, you and I got all hot and bothered and I used too many words <laughs> and you had too many words and I probably had more words than you did because I talked too much. But I, what I want to do is I want, you know, to get to chase them to the end. We've made our point, right? Yes. Get, getting this list dialed in, using the right message, the right media, the right market. Why don't you, you have a bunch of things you can share with them, Travis. Why don't you let them know how they can go ahead and get that for you? You can get to that screen and then reshare it. Oh, you bet. Sure. You can, you can let them, uh, you can let them know how they can get that from you. You bet. All right. I look down, I'm like. <laughs> 504 you no, and i wait. could go on for uh, hours doing this <laughs> I, we really could have this could have kept going for we probably had two I, I bet you we had two more hours of content if we wanted. you know and and and, and honestly the 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 media stuff albeit i like it if you get these other two things right the media stuff is is it's it's not nearly as important to be perfectly frank it's it's just not as hard if you get the the list right and the message right the media it's it's media agnostic to an exactly. extent w with the exception of broadcast but but everything else is pretty pretty straightforward you bet um uh, if the, i've got a uh, our free law practice direct mail success package 3dmailresults.com forward slash james you will get a copy of my book which goes into depth on these three topics list media offer you'll also get examples of a uh, that's eight or nine different attorney letters, direct mail pieces that we're doing for clients right now that are working, that are getting response, that are, I mean, this isn't stuff we put together and just threw into a package. This is client stuff that people are continuing to mail daily, weekly, monthly, whatever it is. I've got about, like I said, eight or nine examples there, 3dmailresults.com forward slash James. So there you go, folks. You can go to 3dmailresults forward slash forward slash James. Cherry's put it in the chat for you, so you can go right to the link. Uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast or YouTube, uh, you can go ahead and visit uh, Travis uh, over at 3D Mail. Travis, just to be clear, you, you manage helping people get their lists. You manage helping people get their copy together. And putting together, you know, you specialize in direct mail, but then they can take that concept and use it in any of their medias, right? Correct. So we can help you get lists. We can help you get the mail, print mail stuff, put postage on it so you don't have to touch it. So, you know, soup to nuts, the whole thing in between. There are some practice areas where we can say, hey, here's the letter you need to mail. Just mail this, <laughs> right? Predominantly bankruptcy, but even our follow-up stuff, right? Here's the follow-up for a estate planning attorney send these to your leads, right? So uh, you're exactly right. We can help get lists. We can do the printing, the production. We can help you with the copy. And ultimately, we want to get you to the point where whatever interval works for you, we are working as your direct mail, you know, lead generation, lead conversion, offline people to get them into your door. Yeah. I, uh, if you don't have direct mail as part of your current marketing oil wells, it's something you need to add. If you say, well, I just don't know how it's going to work for me. I, my promise to you is you need to figure it out uh, because once you figure it out, it's a powerful tool that you'll have forever. And then once you identify the message and the list that works inside of the media called direct mail, what I know to be true is that message is translatable over to all your other media. Hope you've enjoyed today's uh, topic. I appreciate your time and your patience with Travis and I bantering back and forth. As you can tell, he and I have a lot to say on this subject. It goes very, very deep. For those of you that are coming 
to uh, May. You'll be able to see Travis at the May event, uh, either uh, in person or virtually, if you're attending virtually. And you, you could book some time to talk with him there and have him take a look at what it is you're currently doing. Uh, as well, as I said, Tom Rich and I have a special presentation in the afternoon uh, on that Friday in May, where we're going to break this topic down into its smallest parts. And we're, we're actually going to give you some real tools and tactics so you can walk away with what it is you need to have to make sure that you get your messaging correct. So super excited to see you then. Travis, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate okay. you as always. Thank you to my members and my family for being here. I, I, I know that I say this often, but with, without you, there would be no me. I appreciate you being here so that I, have, I can do what it is that I love to do. Uh, we will be sending out the EAY announcements before uh, the, this week is out. So be looking for that coming soon. Thanks so much, everybody. Uh, uh, and for all of those that are listening on podcasts or YouTube or Facebook or wherever, make sure you like or you share or you comment or you do all those things that you're supposed to do because it helps with engagement and letting all the powers that be know that we have something meaningful to say and can bring you value. Look forward to seeing you again real soon. Thanks, everybody.